Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Steve. And this is Andy. And this is Steve and Andy Meet Batman, episode number 30, Zelda the Great. You know, I can't believe we've actually done 30 of these things. I can't either. That's really incredible to me. 30 episodes. We've actually done more than 30 because we did not count... Um, cartoon, cartoon explosion. Yeah, and the jive talking special. Yeah. So was Jim Beard was Jim Beard counted. Jim Beard, I believe. I mean, he's always counted. I know that, but I mean, was that episode counted? Yeah, it was. And you know what episode that was? Number fifteen. Oh my god! So we've, we've done, done 15. fifteen episodes post Jim Beard, and each one is dedicated to Jim Beard. Speaking of Jim Beard, we have a <laughs> we have a big announcement. We do. Um, this is a huge announcement. This is like actually bigger than the episode we're going to talk about. <laughs> so we're we're gonna announce the final prize. I guess you could guess what it is now. But after we talk it's about Jim's, it's Jim's beard. <laughs> after we talk about um, this episode, we will announce the final prize in our name the cat contest. So the first prize, as it stands now, you will win a fantastic Batman Christmas record. <laughs> Uh, a Batman poster, a signed picture of our cats, and a mystery final prize we'll announce on this episode. this episode. Oh my god, this, it's, it's insane. And the second place prize, you win a Batman poster and the first issue of Justice League Detroit. And it is a treat. It is a treat. God, I, love, I love JLA Detroit. And for the third place prize, you will win... Batman Brave and the Bold, some issue, I forget what Yeah, I forgot what issue too. I, I, all my, everything's moved except me right now, because, you know, I'm moving, and everything's gone except for me and, and the laptop, so I can't tell you the issue number. Sorry. But it is an issue. You could just listen to the uh, last episode yeah. and find I'm pre- out. I'm pretty sure he teams up with the Atom in that issue. So it's a good one. Um, so all you have to do to enter the contest is send us a name for a cat that I'm getting. Uh, just any name. doesn't have to be Batman-related. We've gotten many, many different names. Um, in fact, we have an email here that I'll read uh, with more cat names. Uh, it says, Hope all is well. I have several more cat names to consider. Uh, <laughs> Zoltar. <laughs> uh, Mandelbaum. Lornez. Cat uh, Stevens. I kind of like that. I one, like Cat Stevens. <laughs> and uh, actually, my favorite from this list Boot Knockers. Boot Knockers? Oh my God. <laughs> I like Cat Stevens personally. I think Zoltar, isn't that the, the machine from Big that makes him big? Yeah, it says for the big fan. That was their comment yeah. on this. So That movie's creepy to me. <laughs> big. So th- this was Zach who sent these cat names in. And Zach is entered in the contest. That's how easy it is. You just need to send us cat names. Do you know what's creepy about that movie Big? What's that? Is that he's a child, but he's in Tom Hanks' body, and that woman has sex with him. And then later when she realizes that he's just, like, 12, and he becomes a 12-year-old again, and she watches him, like, go home and stuff, that to me is just, like, creepy. Yeah, I, that's there's some moral questions that are raised. There really are. I mean, <laughs> how do you like to be that woman once you find out that you, you know, you basically had sex with, like, a reverse, like, actually not even a reverse, like... Like a, like a Benjamin Button type, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, he's an adult, but he's like a 12-year-old kid. That's, a, again, a fan fiction right there. I think that what was like a tailspin into Descent in her life, she became a pedophile because she couldn't get enough of the 12-year-olds. <laughs> That's a, had, you can write that, write that. Uh, fan she fiction just in. had to have them. 
So thank you, Zach, for the cat names. By the way, this is Zach from Film Drive, and if you already haven't listened to Film Drive, there's no excuse, really. Not really, no. So go no. go to iTunes right now. Turn our podcast off. Okay, don't really. <laughs> you finish listening to this episode. Um, go to iTunes, search Film Drive, and listen. I recommend their Harry Potter special. It's 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 good. I like it. It's fun. I recommend their Harry's Potter special. <laughs> um, there you go. Uh, so after again after this episode, we will announce the gra- really the grand prize. Who are we kidding? The did not wait. Did not did Zach say Zoltar from Big or did he say Zoltan, which is Dracula's dog? No, he said Zoltar. Okay, I prefer so. Zoltan, Dracula's dog. But yeah. are you entering the contest? I might. I mean, I I kind of want the uh, the, the, grand first, pr- the grand prize. Well, I kinda yeah, want that. the first place prize is our our secret addition to the first place prize, which we're revealing is, is a big is By the way, I think we announced we were going to end the contest on Labor Day, which is Monday, September fifth. We're extending it because this first this is this prize is going to generate a lot of interest. Yes, a um, lot of buzz, a lot of buzz. <laughs> It'll ex- make it'll make the E networks daily ten. Trust me. <laughs> we are extending the contest. It will end now. Well, not right now. Well, no, it will end now. It will end on September thirtieth, two thousand eleven. Yes. Yes. So get get your con- well, send us an email, at gmail dot com. you know we 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 received more suggestions for the cat name. Remember, uh, I actually have an email here from a from a Matt. Yeah. That has a couple suggestions. Tora. Japanese for tiger, Nico, Japanese for cat. Why all this Japanese? I am an American who lives in Japan and loves your podcast and listens while I jog. Although this guy is an American, this is an email yes. from Japan. So we have conquered every continent. I, I'm not counting Antarctica because that doesn't count. Every continent. Didn't we, except didn't, for... didn't we receive an email from Antarctica though? Didn't we receive one from uh, an Eskimo? We might have. You know what? I think we have received spam from Nigeria. So I, I guess that counts. So now, truly a global podcast. A, glo- a global phenomenon. <laughs> so thank you, Matt, for uh, listening to the show. He's probably jogging right now. Should we give him some? He probably time? is. He probably is. So keep keep jogging. Maybe jog 10 more minutes. I don't know. I mean, do you have any, I'm just trying to encourage him as he jogs. Our episodes are usually like 25 minutes, so keep jogging another 25 minutes. Yeah, keep jogging till the end of this episode, then take the train, train home. You know what's going to happen? He's going to hear the grand prize, and he's going to pass out. <laughs> yeah, Matt, make sure by the time we announce the grand prize, you're sitting down, because this is going to be a, a good one. You better start jogging home now. <laughs> <laughs> so when you do pass out, you just wake up at home instead of some mysterious place in Asia. So, <laughs> Matt, tell your friends in Japan. Zach, tell your friends in, I guess, Zach is in Ohio. And, yes, stay tuned. We're announcing the grand prize. That the Really, yeah, the most fantastic prize ever in all universes at the yeah, end of the yeah, show. Yeah, it is. All right. This episode, this is episode number nine of the Batman TV show entitled Zelda the Great. Are you ready to get into this episode? Uh, yes, I am. I am ready. All right. Um, do you have some facts on this episode for us? Yeah, I do. It was uh, Zelda the Great. Its original air date was February 9th, 1966. It was written by Lorenzo Simple Jr. and directed by Norman Foster. Anne Baxter is uh, Zelda the Great in this one. And I, and I got a little, like, little bits of trivia for this one. All right. 
if you're interested. Yeah, let's hear it. This episode is based on Batman's Inescapable Doom Trap from yep. Detective Comics number 346, written by uh, John Broom. Although the evil character, Evil uh, evil Ictol, is that how you say it? Evil Ictol, yeah. Evil Ictol appears in the story, Zelda did not. Instead, there was a magician named Carnando. I like to think that it's Conando. No, it could Conan be. O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah, the one where he's like a Hispanic. So this is and, actually a couple. Um, there's been a couple of episodes of the Batman TV series that are based on actual comic books. We should we yeah. should do those sometime. I think that'd be fun. That would be kind of yeah. That would be kind of interesting. Um, and also another little piece of interesting trivia here. For once, the dynamic in- duo enters through the rear of the police headquarters. I know it's. It looks nothing alike, but anyway. <laughs> I know it's a little strange, um, so yeah, there you go. It's a oh, you know, are you gonna mention how? Um, oh yeah, Ann I guess. Baxter, yeah, I guess yeah. we could. I didn't think of that. Uh, Ann Baxter uh, appears as Zelda on the on the show, like we already said, and uh, she would later appear in uh, season three as Olga in those Egghead episodes. Those, like, and and we have done those episodes. Yeah, you we've can, done those already. So you can go on our blog stevenandy.blogspot.com and go back and find those. Olga episodes. <laughs> they're egg If you can't get enough of Ann Baxter, I like also Jaja Gabor was originally cast or considered for Zelda. And she wound up not. Yeah, she was Minerva though in yeah. season three. So there Which you we go. haven't we we never did the Minerva episodes. <clears throat> I oh. think it's interesting. Betty Davis was also considered for <laughs> Zelda. There you go. I think Ann, Ann Baxter did a great job though. I yeah, think. I think I think she's a fine, fine Zelda. All right, we open on Gotham City at night. <laughs> we see Gotham First National Bank. I, the I like how the narrator feels it's necessary to tell us it is exactly eight forty-seven. I'm I'm not sure why that was important, <laughs> but all of a sudden we see an, a huge explosion. A security guard <laughs> enters the vault. It's in ruins. Money is flying everywhere. <laughs> we see the strange figure in the vault. Uh, the guard tells. Uh, tells him to put his hands up. Uh, the figure doesn't look like they're going to really, uh, this person doesn't look like they're going to really attack the guard. They just kind of stand up slowly and the guard shoots them three times. Well, that, that's what, in, in Gotham, that's what Gordon tells his officers <laughs> to do. Shoot first, ask questions later. Is this the first use of an actual gun that we've seen in the series? I mean, besides Mr. Freeze's uh, <laughs> freeze, freeze gun. gun or heat gun. You know, I don't know. I'm can, I'm trying to think back, and I don't recall. It might be. I think it is. So no. there you go. But the gun doesn't work. It's it's not effective. And the mysterious figure hits the guard over the head with a case of money. What was in that case of money? Uh, yeah, money. There was like an explosion. Well, I I I think it not it knocked the guard out and probably gave him permanent brain damage. So he he may be dead, but it's he never mentioned again. <laughs> He might be. I like to think he's got brain damage. Yeah, just brain. He's just permanently just dead. He's, yeah, permanent brain damage. <laughs> it's a little dark. Or he, but... or, or, or he was on like life support. Yeah. And O'Hara came in and said, you know, the city's not paying for this and just pulls the plug. <laughs> that's that's dark, but that's it's what happened. So we got We're here to tell O'Hara the truth. would do. Yeah, O'Hara <laughs> would do that. They call O'Hara Doctor Death. <laughs> 
Later at police headquarters, we see Commissioner Gordon. It's, he's working late. It's really strange. What's he doing? I I imagine he has some marital troubles. He's he's not actually working. He's just hanging I, out in the office. Yeah, room. I like to think that he sleeps on the couch in his uh in his office. Yeah, he's talking with O'Hara about the bank robbery we saw earlier. Apparently, uh, this this bandit strikes every year, every April first, and steals exactly one hundred thousand dollars. Why doesn't why doesn't she just steal like five thousand and then only do it once and then after five years do it again? You know, five hundred thousand. Oh, I don't know. I I just explained a little bit why the hundred thousand dollar where they got that figure a little later, <laughs> but this bandit was able to escape. Uh, this time because he was wearing a bulletproof vest. And the problem, okay, Gordon, he's a little pissed off because he says, shoot for the head. And yeah. that's, that's his role, shoot for the head. Gordon said he's just received a call from the, the Gotham City League of Banks. I like how there's a league, a bank league, like the Justice League in Gotham City. Well, they all sit around a big table, a big circular <laughs> table with his, you know, BLA on it, Bank <laughs> League of America, and, you know. He's they a, have a, rota- a rotating chairman. <laughs> they battled Starro. It's the, the league is becoming uneasy, and that is a big deal for the police. Yeah. Uh, I, we see what now why Gordon's working late. The banks have him in their pocket, clearly. He's, you know, he works for the banks. Let's face yes. it. He works not just for the banks. Anyone that has the green in Gotham <laughs> has Gordon. They call him Greenback Gordon for a reason. <laughs> O'Hara says this has happened three years in a row every April 1st and we still don't have any clues. I like how G- Gordon then says, D- you really think you'll you'll do better this year? Really? Well, he kind of rips on the cops. He kind of like gives them a hard time for a little bit. Uh, so instead of at least trying, they don't even go down to the bank to try to collect cr- cl- cl- clues. Gordon demands that O'Hara goes to the roof to turn on the bat signal. I thought he was going to tell him to jump off. <laughs> Uh, Gordon goes to pick up the bat bat phone. This is the first use of the bat signal in the TV yes. show here. Yeah, we don't I, see it very often, so I, I like it. And it's a good thing they use the bat signal because because we see at uh, Wayne Manor, Bruce, Dick, and Alfred are out on the roof stargazing. Are they stargazing or are they just peeping Tom? Uh, what about, that's what you know, I assume. Riz. The hot babe that lives next door <laughs> in the mansion next door. They're just peering in. It's bath time for her. Yeah, I know. That's what's going on. Bruce says astronomy is more than mere fun. It gives us a sense of proportion. Really, he's very kind of poetic a lot of times. Well, whenever they do an activity, yeah, he's always always ready to wax poetic. Yeah. And this one I thought was a bit of a stretch. It was very strange. And I don't know. I just felt like he almost was saying that humans need to be told that they're just like minor things in the scheme of things. Like, yeah. we're, like we're almost too, like, humans are too egotistical. Yeah. Well, I mean... W- to be fair, Bruce hangs around Gordon and O'Hara all the time, so I could see how he can uh, get that impression. <laughs> Just then, Aunt Harriet comes out on the roof, <laughs> says there's a delicious roast on the table. Uh, she sees the bat signal up in the sky. It's I like, like 847, isn't it? They eat dinner really yeah, late. Yeah, I know. Like Europeans. It's East Coast kind of thing, yeah. Um... And Harriet sees the bat signal, and she, at first she thinks it's just a strange cloud, and then she realizes um, that it's the bat signal, and she says, well, gee, I hope Batman sees the signal. And then immediately, no, no pause at all, Bruce says, oh, I forgot, we have tickets to a lecture at the Gotham Town Hall. It's like, yeah, you're right, it's like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and 
<laughs> they're going to a lecture in Gotham Town Hall? Is, is Aunt Harriet really that stupid? Does she believe I like, this? I like to believe she, well, she's making dinner at like 9 o'clock, so she's obviously <laughs> into the nightlife. So she might think that they have lectures at 24 hours a day in Gotham City. <laughs> Bruce and Dick run inside uh, just in time to answer the bat phone. Gordon tells them there's been a holdup. Did I like how like Gordon was like waiting on the phone, like just hearing it ring, and he was like rubbing his face, like, oh my God, what happens if they don't answer? <laughs> so Batman and Robin race off. Uh, later, they arrive at police headquarters and they enter from the back. It's a little strange. I don't. Why, why were they entering from the back? I have no clue. It doesn't even look like the same building. <laughs> from from the front, it's like this like glorious large modern building. And from the back, it looks like, you know, the back of, like, some small-town police station. That's kind of a metaphor for Gotham. I mean, everything is a facade, right? And, and really, in the back, it's all just, it's all crap. Yeah, right? I didn't so. really think of that. And that kind of goes with the, the hideout of the villains. Yeah, that's right. You think it's, you think it's a bookstore, but in reality, in, in the back, it's, I don't know, where criminals hang out. <laughs> Inside, Gordon tells, uh, tells Batman that they have one clue, a slug from the pistol that bounced off the crook's bulletproof vest, uh, Gordon gives it to them and said, maybe it contains some fiber from the shirt. I'm uh, not sure how that will really help. Uh, Batman, <laughs> I like this. Batman says he wants to ponder the crook's motive. Uh, O'Hara shouts out, well, money, obviously. <laughs> that's a very good point. Um, maybe that's the smart, I think that's the smartest thing that O'Hara has ever said on the show, period. Oh, but then he says it's money for paying their taxes. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bat Batman says, but why exactly $100,000? Why on April 1st? O'Hara says, oh, uh, clearly it's to pay their income taxes. Uh, Bat Bruce, Bruce, I'm sorry, Batman. Yeah. He shoots a look at O'Hara after he says that. It's like, like, you are such an asshole. <laughs> the way that he looks at it. Uh, Batman says a faithful taxpayer would never resort to thievery. Batman, he follows the rules. That's that's fair. He really believes in taxpayers. <laughs> what if uh, it turns out like the Joker pays his taxes on time every year? That would blow Batman's mind. <laughs> Well, you know he doesn't. The Joker's the biggest tax evader. That's how they got him in prison in the first place. A He's tax... like the Al Capone yeah. of the Batman universe. Uh, right. well, Al Capone was like a big baseball player in prison as well, I believe. There you go. He's a star pitcher in the... <laughs> and he built a big spring to shoot him out of Alcatraz. <laughs> I think we've mentioned that on every episode since that episode. Like, I'm going to shoot myself to San Francisco. <laughs> uh. uh... Gordon then says, oh, we, we have no leads on this case. Robin says, we, we, we'll we just make a lead. Uh, just then Batman runs over to the phone, tells the Batman operator. Batman loves planting evidence. He does. He says, uh, it's Batman. I, I wonder how often the operator gets that. Um, <laughs> it's Batman. For people that aren't Batman, yeah. he's calling him, trying to make quick phone calls. Uh, uh it's Batman. I, they must believe him because he gets the editor of the Gotham City Times. He wants to plant a story very unethical actually he's done this like numerous times in the in the series though. not only newspaper but also like the television news yeah he's in good with the the media of gotham yeah they just like bend to do whatever he wants these are like the most unscrupulous journalists ever really gotham is like the most corrupt city in america yeah the i news, know the news journalists will print whatever the authorities tell them to do basically because batman is like the main authority and i don't think they have a choice i think it's kind of like you you better print this or else. It's kind of one of those. It's like some sort of bizarre, like, big town dictatorship. The next day, uh, we see a newspaper sale salesman. He's selling the morning edition of Gotham Times on the front page. Batman got the front page story. <laughs> <laughs> 
He it's always a, does. Stolen cash was counterfeit. Uh, would that even be a big story anyway? Maybe that'd be second page. Or, not yeah, the I don't, front it, I don't think it would be like, I don't think it'd be. I think top page would be like Diamani named baseball <laughs> MVP. Yeah. Second year running. The camera then pans to a billboard for Zelda the Great Illusionist and Escape Artist. I, I kind of like this about this episode, how they don't reveal Zelda the Great until a good 10 or 15 minutes into the episode. And it's only like 20 minutes long. Yeah. And it's kind of fun. It's you kind of have to figure out who the criminal really was. Although they ruin it a little bit by, um, making the title of this episode, Zelda the great. (laughs) Well, you know, maybe the kids at home watching this in 66 go, Oh, it's called Zelda the great because there's these posters everywhere. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, meanwhile, back in the Batcave, Batman and Robin are analyzing the bullet. They found some fiber on the bullet, some orange wool, and 13 layers of brightly colored silk. Uh, they also find some traces of perfume. A very sophisticated machinery in the Batcave. Yeah, it really is. It, it, this scene kind of reminded me of the scene in The Dark Knight when uh, Bruce Wayne shoots that bullet. Oh, yeah. The, and then they kind of like put the bullet back together again and the, that's what it was very much reminded me of that. i'm sure it was inspired by this <laughs> it seems like everything in the dark knight comes from the old 66 batman series. yeah there you go I, I so there was some 13 layers of brightly colored silk some perfume of course batman says there's only one conclusion to be made from this the crook was female uh i like robin says uh was it was maybe it was catwoman and batman's like no 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 we have a new super criminal. And this is kind of exciting, right? I mean, this is the first oh, time a yeah. new criminal is... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Batman gets on the phone to tell Gordon. He tells him that the criminal is a woman in an orange dress. <laughs> He's just, I guess he figured that out from the orange wool. On the... Well, when, he, when he tells Gordon that it's a woman, like Gordon's like, what? A woman? What's going on? You know, he's like shocked. But Robin already mentioned Catwoman. Yeah, it's a little strange, Gordon. I guess he doesn't consider Catwoman a... A real lady. <laughs> he just considers he just considers her a babe. That's all he does. All I know is that that Gordon, when she was put up, when she was put up in the prison, he had the warden install cameras wherever he could in her cell. And Gordon's <laughs> watching it on his like hidden monitor in his office all day long. That's what yeah, that's what's happening. Just then, back in the Batcave, Alfred comes in. He he's bringing the morning paper on a silver platter, and that's because Bruce demands his paper be brought to him on a silver platter every morning. He demands that everything's brought to him on a silver platter. <laughs> we see the planet headline. I like this. If you look closely at the paper, you can also see um, one of the front page stories is a petition against taxes. That's mm-hmm. kind of funny. Egg tax petition against egg taxes. <laughs> the tea party in uh in Gotham City. They hate that egg tax. Alfred then leaves to go get the uh, the vacuum cleaner, and Bruce makes him vacuum the cave weekly. It's a cave. <laughs> He's vacuuming a cave. Bruce will not step foot into a dirty cave. <laughs> he dusts the cave, too. Yeah, I know. Uh, meanwhile... That has to be like a 24-hour like job, dusting a cave. Well, yeah, I know. Meanwhile, behind a bookstore in Gotham, we see the secret workshop of a, quote, strange Albanian genius... <laughs> Aval Ekdal is his name. They really rip on the Albanians these episodes. Like, it's, like, demonic to be Albanian. It's a very anti-Albanian show overall, I would have to say. <laughs> He's counting some money. Um, just then we see Zelda the Great come in uh, behind some orange smoke, I guess. It's a little weird. This is the first appearance that she's made, and we're a good 15 minutes into the episode now. 
Aval Ekdal is complaining about the counterfeit money. He's read the newspaper. Um, Aval, see what he does? He's cre- he creates these gimmicks for Zelda's magic show, I guess. Uh, she's known as the greatest escape artist in the world. But his price is very high. These gimmicks don't come cheap, you know? Um, and she's had to take up a life of crime to pay for his price. She could just charge more for her magic show, I think. Yeah, you would think so. But no, she, I, I, it got, in Gotham City, kind of the mentality is crime pays, usually. Yes, M- magic doesn't, crime pays. Yeah. Uh, Zelda starts crying because she doesn't like this life of crime. And Aval, he kind of mocks her. Um, he goes, oh, I guess this crime offends your lofty principles and he says wipe away those disgusting tears oh my God, he <laughs> he's, he's very harsh he is he's a hard ass that's for certain uh, zelda... he's, Alba- he's albanian that's all you can say <laughs> zelda says her her career is kind of you know it's kind of fading she needs a really sensational escape a, a really great show or she's you know finished she should, what she should do to bring the people back in since she's getting a little older and everything she should do kind of like an erotic like magic show where she'll like do magic and like oh my clothes disappeared and so you know like kind of like an, an adult nightclub kind of act if only you were her manager that's what i would because... tell her that's what i would tell her to do in gotham you know aaron gordon you guys like that would be going to that every night <laughs> it would be hot in gotham for at least it two would years. yeah i know uh aval says um he has an, a fantastic escape plan it's too bad she can't pay the price he shows her anyway kind of his outline um it's it's to be honest, it's not that great. It's just a big plastic box with this comically large lock on it. Um, Zel- or Aval explains that he can't ex- he can't tell Zelda the secret to escaping the Doom Trap until she pays up. He gives her a clue, though. The secret to escaping the Doom Trap is Batman, because Batman is the true great. Batman is the true greatest escape artist in the world, and I guess he, that's true. Yeah, he's the Houdini of his time. I've actually got a question: Did did Evil did he develop that unbreakable plastic? Did he create that? I think that's stock plastic. I think he got that. Okay, because I wasn't for certain if he created. Because I was going to say if he created that, he could sell that to like 3M or some other industry like that, and he would make more than a hundred thousand dollars. Aval, it's the thing about Aval. He just he loves creating these escape tricks that's his passion in life clearly and he has to sell them to criminals i don't know why i don't know why also he charges exactly one hundred thousand dollars every year he never raises or changes the price a little weird but you know yeah it is a little weird that's where the hundred thousand dollars comes from what would be the point i mean it's obviously not worth if she doesn't have a hundred thousand dollars to pay for this new trick then the trick isn't worth $100,000, so why even bother with the new trick? Yeah, I think there's more going on, but it's, that's never explained in the show. Um, meanwhile, in the Batcave, Batman and Robin are examining a large jewel. Ba- Batman says it's bait for the mousetrap because it's they, they know now the female or the, the criminal is female, so of course. She wants the jewels. She wants the jewels. Now, they race off in the Batmobile. We see a sign again, Gotham City, 14 miles, Jim Beard. I don't know how much it cost him to do that. I bet it cost him $100,000 for all these. <laughs> he has to steal the money every April Fool's Day. Yeah, that's yes. Uh, back in Aval's a- workshop, he demands his $100,000. He shows Zelda the paper. It seems that a rare jewel is on display. Uh, it seems like Batman actually planted two front-page <laughs> stories. It was his planet as well. Uh, Aval says that if Zelda stole... Does the, Gotham, does the Gotham Time have any true stories in it, or is it just... Is it like The Onion? <laughs> it 
basically, as it's all stories planted by Batman, but only criminals really read the Gotham City Times. <laughs> like, very satirical. How do you like to be, like, a regular citizen of Gotham? Oh, I got my newspaper and reading it. No, and nothing is true. <laughs> None of this stuff. Uh, Aval said that if Zelda stole the jewel, he would accept it as payment. Uh, but Zelda, being a woman, she has her, quote, feminine intuition. And she knows it's a trap from Batman. Oh, yeah, so. she can tell. She's I like artist. every female on this show has feminine intuition. Batgirl, Zelda, Olga, Catwoman. Jeez, it's it's in the, in, <laughs> Aunt Harriet doesn't. Uh, Aunt Harriet. That, well, that may be a clue. Is Aunt Harriet a man? Hmm. I, sometimes it looks like it. <laughs> Later at the jewelry store, we see Batman and Robin uh, placing the fake jewel on display. The jeweler is this. Old like lady. Undressing, and she's like undressing Batman with her eyes. Oh, it's very crazy. creepy. She's very enamored. Yeah. Uh, Batman explains to her that the jewel is bait. Uh, he tells he he tells her that he and Robin are going to hide uh, on the premises, like up kind of in the rafters there, and wait for the crook to steal the jewel. Um, and the inside of the jewel contains a homing transmitter. I don't know why they really put that in. Um, if they were just going to jump down on the crook right away, I guess just in case the crook got away. Which happens a lot. Um, yeah, well, that's why they put it in there. They know it happens a lot. Uh, Batman explains to the jeweler that outside, hidden, hidden under this tent, is is their, quote, trump card, the Batmobile. I don't... Since when did that become their trump card? I don't understand. Uh, Batman orders Robin... Wait a minute, to... it's kind of like the trump card. Remember when the Riddler tried to steal it and all these fireworks went off? Oh, that's true. It's their trump card. Batman orders Robin to go out to the tent to make sure that everything is in order. Uh, really subtle. If you're trying to plan this kind of covert mission here, you have Robin in his bright yellow cape running out on the street in broad daylight. Into well, he tries to do it very, he tries to do it very like sneakily. I mean, yeah. he's kind of like hunching himself down. To it. it just <laughs> looks, like, looks more ridiculous. Uh, meanwhile, in a nearby building, we see Zelda spying on Batman and Robin. Uh, she knows it's a trap. Feminine intuition. And she's not going to play Batman's game. Uh, back in Wayne Manor, the phone rings and Aunt Harriet goes to answer it. <laughs> the person on the line uh, says that Dick was in a playground, which is really strange because he's like 16, 17 years old. Why Aunt Harriet would believe that Dick is on a playground. And he was well, badly. Maybe, maybe, maybe she knows something about Dick that hasn't been talked about in the end. That's true. He likes to hang out on playgrounds and look at through his telescope. Uh, Dick was badly hurt. He was hit on the head with a bat while on the playground. Um, I think it's some bad acting here, but Harriet doesn't really seem too concerned, or she seems kind of sarcastic, like, "Oh, that's too bad. He's been, <laughs> he's been hurt." Uh, the person on the line because says, she knows once once Dick's out of the way, she can get Bruce out of the way, and then the money's hers. Yeah, that's 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 a good point. There's a subplot, a very subtle subplot here. The person on the line says that they've sent a taxi to pick Aunt Harriet up. She's very gullible. Clearly, this yep. is Zelda on the phone. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the jewelry store, Batman... I like and... to think it's Alfred on the phone just trying to get her out of the house. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the jewelry store, Batman and Robin are... Uh, they're kind of getting cramped in their little tiny hiding spot. It's been almost two hours. Uh, Robin said maybe we've made a mistake, but Batman refuses to admit that he's ever made a mistake. And Ro I like Robin says, you know, we're only human. Uh, Batman, though, he refuses... Just then, we see a strange old lady dressed uh, in all black enter the jewelry store. She's so, sort of like hobbling around. She's got a cane. Uh, Batman becomes very suspicious because old people in Gotham are not allowed outside until uh, after midnight. They, they right. have, <laughs> they're kept indoors all day. 
just then. Even if that wasn't Zelda, he would still jump down because any <laughs> old person out in daylight time goes straight to the Gotham Penitentiary. <laughs> it's a crime in Gotham, it's true. Uh, but just then the old lady sprays some gas from her cane. Of course, it's Zelda the Great. She grabs the jewel. Batman and Robin leap from the balcony, uh, from the rafters. Uh, but Zelda disappears. She's a master illusionist. She was using some tiny microscopic mirrors hidden in her hat. Don't ask how that works. It's She's like the mirror master. <laughs> uh, Batman radios the police. They run out to the Batmobile. Robin notices the fake diamond is on the street. Um, it seems that Zelda knew it all along. She knew it was fake. She was taunting Batman and Robin. And <laughs> I like Batman. Uh, Batman then says, uh, oh, that tricky little she-devil. I, I want to oh. use that more, she-devil. <laughs> he was pissed. I This whole scene didn't quite... There's no point of it, right? She didn't need... She was just playing with Batman and Robin, I guess, but it doesn't really fit I in. I think they just needed to fill up the 22 minutes yeah. that the episode is, and they were kind of like, oh, no, we... This episode's only, like, 12 minutes. We need another <laughs> eight-minute scene. And they're like, oh, we got a fake jewel, but you'll know it's fake. So, actually... Most of the time, they fill up time in these episodes with like a a big fight. But these two episodes, the two Zelda the Great episodes, do not have a fight scene in them. They so. don't have, Zelda doesn't have goons. I know it's an interesting. I that's why I kind of like these episodes. There's a little bit of change of pace here. Um, uh, just then the bat phone and the Batmobile rings. It's Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> he tells Batman that Aunt. Well, he doesn't say Aunt Harriet. He says Harriet <laughs> Cooper was kidnapped. Uh, the kidnapper left a ransom note. $100,000 is to be delivered in one hour. And he says it's it's a big problem because no one can find Bruce Wayne. I, I don't understand. They never suspect that Bruce Wayne had also been kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> it's, they can't find him the whole time. Into the next episode, they can't find him. Um, and they, no one ever says, well, you know, maybe they kidnapped Bruce too because, you know, he lives in Wayne Manor. But no, <laughs> no one ever suspects that. That's the, I never really thought of that. Gotham City Police Force is your they're pretty bad. They are. <laughs> we cut to Zelda's hideout. Now, I like she's casually knitting a sweater uh while we see Aunt Harriet is hanging from the ceiling in a straitjacket over a giant pit of flames. And that's the end of this episode. Kind of an exciting ending, really. We There's a lot of things different about this episode. First of all, we don't see a bat fight. They enter through the rear of the uh of <laughs> uh, the police headquarters and batman and robin aren't stuck in a trap it's aunt harriet i like this change of pace here and there isn't very much uh alfred in the episode either really but I mean, he kind of has a nice little part in the next episode which we'll yeah see. yeah he does i mean he yeah. kind of like solves the case for him in a way oh but, uh... spoiler there you go <laughs> anyway i like this episode the next week's episode titled a death worse than fate we'll find out what happens to aunt harriet she might die i she i'm might. just gonna warn everybody i mean what is a death worse than fate it's got to be burning in a giant pit of flames. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So that was this episode. Um, and now we will oh announce all the prizes for the Name My Cat Contest 2011. All I can say is OMG. So, That's all I can say. So Matt in Japan, if you're running right now, maybe you want to kind of find a bench to sit on. even just Lay stop. down. He wants to find something to lay down on. <laughs> lay down on the grass. If you're in the street, just lay down. You're going to... This might be too much for you. So, so the third place prize, as we've already mentioned, an issue of Brave and the Bold. Um, it's a good issue. I mean, that's yeah. a good third. That's a solid third place prize right there. Yes. Yes, it is. I like to think it is. Second place prize. 
a Batman poster. God. And, well, I don't know why I'm being all dramatic here. We've already announced these. And (laughs) (laughs) the Justice League Detroit issue number one. A very fantastic issue. Very funny. Aquaman takes over the Justice League and moves it to Detroit. So you will enjoy that. Um, And the first place grand prize, we've already announced the Batman poster. A signed photograph of our cats signed by the cats themselves. Um, which that that in itself should be enough for everybody, but yeah, you would think so. But people are greedy; they want more. <laughs> and also a fantastic Batman Christmas record, which you can listen to with your family and make it a nice family tradition. Or if you don't have any friends or uh, any family around, just listen to it by yourself. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's okay. You don't have to do that. And finally, the new prize, the completion of the first place prize, is a copy of gotham city 14 miles by jim beard a li- a f- it's 14 essays all about the 1966 batman tv series and why it mattered and it's a good book i've read it we've talked to jim beard on the show episode 15 yes. if you want to go back and listen to that so and, and he'll give you a little a little inside on why it still matters yeah so there you go you can read the book it i matt if if you didn't take our advice he's probably collapsed by now so yeah no yeah <laughs> All right, so that's the prize. If you want... I, just, I just hope he wasn't standing by like a cliff or anything. <laughs> he runs in very dangerous places. Yes, he job. does. If you want to enter the contest, like we said, send some cat names or anything. It could be any cat names. I mean, they don't have to be really creative. To stevenandy at gmail.com. So enter now. You have till September 30th now. We've extended it. So there you go. Also, you can send us any regular emails, and we will say, if you send us, like, regular emails, we might favor your cat name more, right? Yes. Or so, if you want to send any, like, irregular emails. Yeah, any, anything, any advice that you might, might want for us, any recommendations for movies or uh, food, I don't know, any, anything. Anything, yeah. Also, check out our blog, Steve and Andy at blogspot.com. We have pictures up on the blog. We have the back episodes of our show because you can't get all of the episodes at iTunes at one time. So you can go there and download if you if you want to listen to the Olga episode. Big Ann Baxter fan. You can you can go do that. Um, and there, there are people that are big Ann Baxter fans. I, for one, am so. All right, and leave us an iTunes review. We like to get iTunes reviews. Again, if you leave an iTunes review, it might help your chances in the contest. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. And tell your friends, finally. We like to spread the word, Steve and Andy. Spread it around. We're, we're already a... We've taken over the world, let's face it. Yes, yeah, a global phenomenon. <laughs> but we want more. We're, we're, we're people. We want more. And we're greedy. Yes. <laughs> all right. So next week, a death worse than fate we'll find out what happened to Anne Harriet Andy any closing comments I hope Anne Harriet dies <laughs> alright on that note I will talk to you later no, I'll talk to you later see ya see ya the ring of fire the ring of fire love is a burning thing